0: Thanks, Lex, for joining us for what sadly is probably going to be our last official conversation. I'm sure that we'll have some conversations at some point in the future, but you are leaving in a couple of weeks from ANZ after seven years, and it's fair to say that you'll be missed around here. Although, I mean, have you been desperate to get out of here? What's... (laughs)
1: Oh, absolutely. No. I think anyone who knows me um, even a little bit knows how much I love this place. And, I, you know, I know everyone says that when they're leaving, right? But I genuinely meant it. I love working with Shane. I have had the best seven years of my career. Well, almost. Second best seven years of my career here. I've learnt so much. What was the best? That's for another time, Andrew. No, I've had some good times elsewhere, but I have had a really good time here. I've learned about banking. People have been patient with me, and I feel like for me, I leave the wealth people in a really good spot. Their homes are definite now, so I feel comfortable about leaving. I feel good about. It's a good time to leave.
0: It is though for anyone, you know, even for someone who hasn't sort of really enjoyed it as much as you have, it's a huge decision to change organisations. So how did you, you know, I'm sure you've got job offers all the time, so how do you think through, is this the one I want to take or now is the time? Do you have a sort of formal process? Is it gut feel? Do you talk to people?
1: It's funny because, you you know, I'm no spring chicken, as you well know, and you get to a point where you do start to think about what next quite a bit and you would know at ANZ we go through quite a few assessments and I remember sitting in one of those assessments with an external party I can't remember what questions they were asking me but I realised during that actually I've no desire to retire and so I realised then that I wanted to work for a very long time and As I mentioned, I had a great time at ANZ, but I really love running a business. I got to do that when I first came here, and I wanted to run a business again. And I suppose my history has been in the wealth space, whether that's funds or insurance or advice or retirement. Um, It's probably where my heart really lies, despite the last few years. And, you know, I got a call about the ANP job literally on a Saturday afternoon, and I said can I think about it and I said to my husband you know what I think I want to have a go at this it's a company that in in my view has been iconic in Australia clearly a few challenges ahead of it but you know what we've done at ANZ in terms of purpose and values and culture I feel I've learned from that and been a part of that and I'm proud of that I'd love to be able to you know take some of that experience to AMP and you make it what I think the community wants it to be.
0: As you say, like it's it is one of the iconic brands in Australian corporate history. It was one of the original six pillars that Paul Keating set up, and now we're down to the four pillars, the four banks. Um, but it is it has had a checkered recent history, and there is and I know this was in the media reporting at the time. Deborah Hazelton, another extremely you know experienced international banker, is now chairman. Uh, you're now going to be CEO they there is talk of the glass cliff for women that you know when there's nowhere else to go, bring in women to sort of see it out. Did you get that sense at all? Was that even something you thought about?
1: I didn't think about it one bit, right. I um, looked at this as an amazing opportunity for me to bring all my skills from history. I must say a family member close to me might have mentioned it um, I certainly didn't don't and didn't feel like that i i view it as a great opportunity for me to leave what you just talked about an iconic brand one of the original pillars and i think what an honor that's what i that's how i feel about it i'm really excited about it i said before i love and have love day and Z. And I thought after I had to go through that sickening feeling of telling Shane that I was leaving, I thought maybe I'd have some form of buyer's regret, and I didn't. So I know it's the right move for me. I really do.
0: And it sounds like a, a lot of it is gut feel, but did you do some formal sort of assessment of is it now the time to move on if it is the time to move on i'm interested in amp or is it do you just have a sense from your experience yes this is something i want to do
1: look i've been at anz for seven years i've led the um wealth team through the whole sales process that we've been going through i was given the amazing opportunity to be deputy ceo of anz never would have dreamt of that in my bigger high school public <laughs> days right But I also knew that I wanted to run a business again. So I had been thinking about it and then this opportunity came along. Yeah, I've been approached about others, but this one just felt right. Do I consult with people? Absolutely. Um, One of my closest friends calls herself my career counsellor and I always consult with her about everything and I trust her enormously and we've been friends for 30 years and worked together, et cetera. And, of course, my husband, because this is not going to be an easy job, right? You have to work hard. And just knowing that I'd had his support um, was important as well. He's more than happy because he's retired, so he's happy for me to get out of the house and work hard and let him have his space. But, I mean, it's a, it was had to be quite... Secret as well, two publicly listed companies, you know things can get out if you don't really only talk to people you really trust. just seeing the right right opportunity for me, Andrew, after talking to those people
0: and that difficult conversation with Shane, did you go in and say, "Mate, it's you or me?" <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, Shane, and I talk like that mm-hmm. that's how uh look i I didn't sleep much the night before, I must admit because I have an enormous amount of respect for Shane. I hope that's mutual and I have loved working with him. He's a great leader and would work with him absolutely again. But it was hard conversation and I remember saying to him, I'm leaving a and and there was silence and I was thinking, oh, is he angry with me? <laughs> but he, like I expected, he was amazing. He, he firstly said, what? And then he said, I just think it's a great job for you and that's what. Shane's like you know what he's like. That's what he's like, and we just talked about the opportunity then. So he made it so easy for me.
0: Yeah, and I think um, you know, in my sort of nearly forty years covering financial companies, you get periods where organisations seem to lose a lot of people, and it's for one of two reasons. One is the organisation is going downhill and it's a terrible culture, but the other is the organisation is doing really well and the culture is really strong. And therefore, other organizations see that company as a rich pool of talent, and uh, you know we certainly think that it's the latter in this case.
1: I got asked by staff that question, I think in the first big call I did after my resignation, and I said exactly what you said you know it wasn't it wasn't about leaving ANZ, it was about this opportunity, and that that was given to me, and i couldn't resist um And you're right. I feel ANZ's in a really good position. I think there's a really clear path forward. We've got really good culture and people. And yeah, I feel fortunate to have been part of that journey. I know that sounds really glib, but I actually mean it. I feel really proud of what we've achieved over the last years.
0: And when you say, you know, you're proud of what what's been achieved, is it on the sort of strategic front, the cultural front? What what is it that's changed in your time here that you think has really strengthened the organisation?
1: I think, you know, probably over the last four years, having that really strong sense of purpose, I think that's bound the organisation actually and helped us through the last 12 to 15 months. I think our values are really strong and well understood and I think that's what makes this place different. I really do. You feel different here. But I think that's really strong sense of purpose, really strong sense of values Um, Can we do things better? Of course we can, but those I think are really important.
0: And that's an ongoing process. Um, But one of the the interesting things, you've done multiple career changes now. Um, How do you acclimatise to a new organisation which inevitably, no matter what the circumstances, is going to have a different culture?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. You're right. I've been lucky enough to live in different countries as well where English isn't the first language and a couple of those and I think that does make you actually adapt. The other thing it makes you realise is jump, don't, don't jump to conclusions on your first day, like listen and learn. And I see people come in on first day starting, yeah, make big decisions without understanding the environment, the context, the history. Yeah, you've got to drive forward as well. Um, but I think just sitting and listening and learning for a period of time is really important. Being your authentic self is really important but adapting to the situation. You can't be me as I am here in um, Melbourne or Sydney and be me in Prague where people don't speak English, don't understand Australian humour and want a bit more hierarchy. So I've learned you've got to adapt to your situation. But at the end of the day... Um, you've got to take the tough decisions as well as the good decisions and doing that respectfully, transparently and honestly, I think is really important as well. But I think give yourself time when you're in a new environment. Yeah, you've got to make impressions on, do- on day one, but you've got to learn and listen before you jump. It's not
0: that I'm taking notes here by any uh, <laughs> no. history. And we have come through this, this incredible period of a global yeah. pandemic that is, you know... Still going through it in many of our places. Terribly so in in India. But it seems almost certain that workplaces have changed permanently now, you know, whatever sort of nation you're in or organisation. How do you think, when we look beyond the pandemic, what are the key things about how a workplace will have changed and will continue to change?
1: I think you're right. Workplaces, in my mind, have permanently changed I know there's different views out there. That's what I believe. I believe it's permanently changed. Um, If you even think 15 months ago, we couldn't all work from home, like, productively. Now that's just a no-brainer. So I think what you've found over the last period of time is people want more flexibility. They want more control. And they want to be able to work at home and in the office. And there'll be different work done at home and different work done in the office. So I think we are going to see much more of that hybrid working place with collaboration being done in the workplace and that will change the way the workplaces look and your more self-oriented work or processing work done at home. I do think, though, that there's going to be a much more adaptive period. Leaders, this is a really big challenge for leaders. How do you manage, motivate in this new environment, it's easy to say it. It's not that easy to do it, right? How how do you get over that? Looking at yourself in that video every day it is exhausting, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And as we all put on the COVID weight and then took off the COVID weight, watching the video change was was horrible. So I think there's things like that that we still got to do more adjusting to. And I was just been meeting this on this this morning, and I think. The job that we did in the office is not going to be the job we did at home and the job we do in the office. So how do we adapt those jobs? But the reality is we're going to be working more remotely, we're going to be working more digitally, and as humans, I think that's a big adjustment for us. It really is. And I was lucky enough to be in Sydney, but watching my colleagues in Melbourne during your 112-day, I think it was, lockdown, that was pretty scary to watch the impact on people of not being with other people.
0: It's an extraordinary period now, and and particularly when you're, you're taking on a new, you know, yeah. critical position for the Australian economy. But we can only wish you the best of luck. We are desperately sad to see you go. One of the uh, one of the lights and the management team here. So thanks again, uh, Lex, for this last opportunity to chat to you, and good luck with the future.
1: Thank you, Andrew. It's Always a pleasure dealing with you. You've asked the most interesting questions I ever get.
0: Well, apparently not because you often told me my questions are boring. So <laughs> I've always been trying to improve them.
1: Ah, uh, Good. I'm glad I've given some constructive feedback. then.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Liz. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Thanks a lot, Andrew. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes. This podcast was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.